Exploring the Prophetic is a conversation-based podcast that we want to invite you on this journey into people's lives in every sphere of society where they're sharing how they've heard God and what's happened as a result. I want to encourage you to come join the conversation. And this season, season three, we're specifically focusing on how when God speaks, there's breakthrough actions that happen that would have never happened if it wasn't for hearing from God in the first place. Before and after moments, what would take 20 years is happening in a second because beautiful believers are obeying the voice of God. Come join the conversation. Come join the narrative. God is speaking to you today. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm here, your host, Sean Bowles. I'm very excited about tonight because this particular set of stories comes from a man named David Yarns, who's a businessman, has owned banks, hotels, worked with business leaders around the world, and just the kingdom mindset that he has is so profound and so inspiring to me. And he is the vice president of Morningstar Ministries. If you've ever heard of Morningstar, Rick Joyner. David Yarns has been taking this project and property that they own in Fort Mills, uh, South Carolina, into what it was really meant for in the first place. This is the old PTL Jim Baker, Jim and Tammy Baker property that Morningstar apprehended, bought, and is now renovating still to this to this day, they're doing all kinds of projects there. It's phenomenal what David's you know been able to accomplish at the helm of this thing, and it really is a breakthrough story. And and I just can't wait for you to hear the, hear the interview with David. What's going on in his life? What God's been doing in him? And also, I think this will be some prototype stories, especially for business people who are listening. But it's for everybody. God's stories are God's stories, and faith comes by hearing. So come listen. We will be right back after a few announcements, a few offers we have for you. I'm so excited to introduce you, my podcast family, to my new show on YouTube. It's called Your Prophetic Journey with Sean Bowles, and it's all about you. That's why we called it Your Prophetic Journey, because we have learned that as you hear other people's prophetic stories, it creates a prototype faith for you, especially through this show, this podcast that we've been having. And we wanted to do some video versions where I can tell some of my stories, not just hear other people's stories with you and narrate their stories, but actually talk to some friends, but also share the process behind prophetic words, journey stories. We have things about nightmares and what to do with witchcraft and what to do with themes that people don't always talk about in the mainstream. And I want to talk about those things for real for you and how to apply your Christian faith to have great breakthrough in these areas. And so this is a free weekly show. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, but also turn on notifications for the show when you get on there, because it will help you every week to receive our content. A lot of times, if you subscribe, it doesn't mean you'll find it. It doesn't mean it'll come to you, but this is going to be weekly. So subscribe and get notifications and you will love to go on the journey with me. We want to hear your feedback. I want to see comments. I want to be on this journey with you because your journey, you should never journey alone. And I'm here with you. Well, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. So good to be here. Some of you just joined us. We had an earlier session today for some people, and then some of you just joined us, and I'll have to figure out how to talk to all of you. I always forget your building here, how it works. It's like, hello, 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 hello. I'm so glad, though, that we're doing this night together, and I know that it's going to help all of us move forward in some different ways, and you can't get this many hungry people together without something happening. I want to say hi to these guys right here, Shannon and Bridget. Oh, and David's right here as well. Shannon and Bridget and I did ministry together for quite a while back in the early 2000s. It was a lot of fun. Traveled all around the country together. It was, you guys are awesome. I miss you. I like never get to see you anymore. And then David, who's part of this church here, awesome. Can't wait to see you later. And then um, everyone else who is a part of just our friendship circle and our friendship world, we're so glad that you guys would even come. Like, I always think it's funny when your friends come to see you because I always feel awkward. Like, I mean, 
you've seen me before, you know, you said, but they, it's awesome. It's good. So David, I'm so excited you're here and you've so outdressed me. You're so fancy. So this is David Yarns. Come on up. He's the vice president of Morningstar Ministries. I'm going to come up and take a seat with me up here. And I'm going to just give an introduction before Thanks. we start. We're going to do a live Exploring the Prophetic podcast. I'll sit down with you. And this is a talk show we do. We have over 2.7 million hits online of this particular talk show. The reason why I give you a statistic is not a braggart thing. It's because the conversation of the prophetic has been behind the scenes, like in small, you know, back rooms, or it's been in a few conferences. And all of a sudden, we come out with a podcast and some of our materials, and this conversation that, I mean, there's, there's just, you know, so many, only 770 million charismatic Pentecostal believers, period. And this conversation was 20 years ago was you had to be careful who you talked to about it. We're doing an Exploring the Prophetic podcast, and it's gone mainstream. It's one of the top thousand podcasts in the world every week of any type. It's in the top 50 of Christianity every week in over 35 nations. I don't know there's that many English-speaking people because we don't translate it at all. But what I love about this is that it's not my stories. It's my friends' stories, and they're in all walks of life. So we have people who are in the entertainment industry or publishers who are moms who are in social justice, and they're telling how hearing God's voice changes the options in the world around them. And so this is going to be a show. If you listen to it later, it'll be season three, but you guys get to hear it live. So season three is all about breakthrough and how when we hear from God, we see breakthrough in the world around us. And so David's a friend, so I didn't even prepare him for this. Woo, I'm excited. Which is that's, awesome. That's amazing. I feel like this is old home day whenever you come back here because you have so much roots with us at Morningstar. Cool place you have here, by the way. I really like this place. <laughs> I know. it's so you know we, we met these people, and they were nice enough to let us come. They're, they're just a sweet church. No, I, David and I, um, we started, I had this book, Keys of Economy, and you started KBA, Kingdom Business Association, around right the, about same, the same time. Yeah, And you reached out to me, and we just started this journey. And you have the background. You're vice president here at Morningstar, but you also have an a, a investment portfolio, where, and you're an investment wealth manager. Yeah, yeah we call it business stuff. Business so technical stuff. Technical term. That's, yeah. the, that's, a, that's a great technical yeah. term. And so you've been doing this for many, many, many years. It's funny, because sometimes I meet your friends in different places. Yeah. And I was just with the old movement you were a part of. Um, Larry Kreider and the crew. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's right. such a great time with them. I got you in there, You did get yeah, me in yeah, there. I told them. And I did so their pastor's event, and they had their 600 pastors, and they were amazing yeah, people from the world. Yeah, people, aren't they? And they had talked about you and how they knew you from the time you were so young. And I don't know if you remember this, but my wife and I visited you at your church. This must be 12 years ago. You were meeting. When we first started. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, in we a were like, park. We were in a park. Yeah. We had lost our building, and these guys were gracious enough to come out to a park. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. very. We're it was really one, one of the most humiliating of experiences. A young pastor is going. We don't have a building, but it's California, so we can meet outside. It was great. I have this gift for you, but I, oh I don't gosh. know if I want to give it to you now or if I want to give it to you when, later. But I've been. I don't. You know, I'm like the kid. I want to give the gift away. You know. I'm so excited. Can I give you this gift? Please. Yeah. So I guarantee you don't have one. So I'll just give you a little bit of background before I give it to you. Um, it's a prophetic gift, I believe. In uh, the late 1800s, it was a real tragedy when they made matches. It, you don't know about this, but matches were really caustic, and they were like a big thing. Wow. Apparently, in the 1800s, you had to have a match to do whatever, light your stove. And um, it got so bad that it caused uh, these young girls working in the factories, their skin eroded. They called it fossage. It was really bad. So William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, yeah. he's doing his deal, but he said, this is not right. These young girls are dying. 
and he stops what he's doing and he starts a match factory oh making it out of safe chemicals. And then he goes around and he scolds everybody and chastises them for using wow. the wrong colored matches. And he completely shuts down the industry. I mean, this was, this was bad. I mean, it was really affecting a lot of people. So just the sense that he came out the side of the walls of the church to confront something that was going on in society. It's huge. It's huge. So uh, check this out. It's, it's, I, this is a cool thing. Hopefully it's in here. <laughs> I'll give you the box and stuff. But this is actually an original book of the matches. Oh, my gosh. Look at wow. that. I don't know if you can see that. And it's, it's this little pin... But listen, it says lights in darkest England. Oh my God. So I just, and, and he literally shut down that industry. So I thought I would give that to you. You can put oh, it on your desk, Dave, but you can thank you. remind yourself of That's working so... outside of the four walls of the church. Oh my Isn't gosh. that cool? That's amazing. Yeah, give the Lord a hand for that. Yeah. One of the things I love, I love about that is I've, I've been on a William Booth journey for, and Catherine Booth journey for a long time that you don't know about. We've never articulated really? to each other. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting because it culminated uh, last year we did, we did the National Day of Prayer, of course, with yeah. everybody. And uh, Hollywood's the last official stop of the, of the National Day of Prayer. <laughs> it's the hardest and one to reach. That's why, of, I think. And Salvation Army is right in Hollywood. Yeah. And the ones who lead it is the Hollywood Prayer Network, and they asked if I would come in, and they said, we're going to ask everybody to do what they do best, and what you do best is you pray for revival and then release revival. Wow. And I thought it was really interesting. That was about the 10th National Day of Prayer I was a part of, but it was the first time that they said, we want the full release. We know we're not all charismatic, but you are. We want you to release the full release. And we had such, me and uh, Rabbi Jason Sobel. the Salvation Sobel, Army in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Wow. Rabbi Jason Sobel, if you've ever heard of wow. him. He wrote the book with Kathy Lee Gifford recently, the, hmm. the Rabbi, the Rock, and the, the Journey or Road yeah. or something. New York Times bestseller this year. And Rabbi and I, we, we released prophetic words, and God showed up, and I felt like it was something, it was like the culmination of, we've been on a journey for 20 years where God keeps highlighting the Salvation Army, because you and I are both transformation Isn't that interesting, because I knew none so of that. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and there's a so little pin you. in here. You can actually wear that. It's the little lights and darkest England pin. Yeah, yeah. God. Oh, I love prophetic yeah. gifts. It's my favorite. Well, let's get right into the interview, and I'm so touched by that. Um, Let's get right in the interview because I, I love your stories. You have so many good stories. And what's funny is that a lot of people see you. They might hear you preach. You might use a story to illustrate something. But the difference is when we're talking more conversationally, there's so many stories that don't come up for the sake of a message. But yeah. there's these moments in time. You've owned a hotel. You've owned banks. You've, owned, you've, you've done so many different types of things. Yeah. So there's times that God's led you. There's breakdowns and breakthroughs because of what he said to you. And I want to go back to, like, when was the first time that hearing God's voice actually changed something in your very real business life? I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was in the sauna, and a guy said, you're going to buy a mall with Canadian money. <laughs> oh, you're going to buy gosh. a mall with Canadian money. That was Did the you word. have any connection to Canada yet? I knew, what, I knew what each of them meant. I had just okay. started a business in Canada. It was fledgling, and I knew the mall that he was talking about. Wow. Or at least I had an impression. But I would have been way too uh, timid to think that that could have been me. I mean, I suffered from that. You know, not me, Lord. Someone else is going to do that. And yeah. I ended up buying that mall with Canadian money. That's wild. I mean, there's, a, there's some steps in between. No, there, but, but that's, yeah, that's wild. True story, yeah. No, and going for it, because I love that, because it's one of those moments where 
you're going, ah, oh, the options are different. God's like telling me to do something that you probably wouldn't have done without him. But let's get into a story where something that you did, and I know you have some stories potentially about the banking industry where now you've heard from God and you've taken these kinds of risks for a while, and now something that you did financially actually changed a situation or transformed something in culture or for a people group. Wow, that's an important one. Um, I think the thing that comes to mind, I, I have so many more stories of not listening to God and paying the price. <laughs> we should go there first. I've Let's got go like, there first. I've got like I 10 like to 1. Tell us one of those stories, then we'll go so, back to the yeah, original so, question. Because it's always like, especially if it causes you to give something up. I'm in New York, and I'm like, what? God, is that you? You know, like, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, God, you said something I can't hear. You know, I'm busy here, but... It's certainly he'll cause the thing to come to pass to get your attention. And I think one of them, I had a partner, and I remember praying for the business. It was a pharmaceutical company. And God said, I can't bless you because you've got a partner that you're unequally yoked with. Oh, wow. And I remember thinking like, well, let's just get through this. Lord, if you kind of cock your head and you squint, he's really not all that bad, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's New York. You got to take what you can get. And That's then amazing. the whole thing came to a screeching halt. Wow. I mean, literally, we lost so much. But it was that obey the voice of the Lord. I mean, the other one, I bought... I bought a building, and next to it was the Lucille Ball Desi Arnaz Museum. You know Lucille Ball? Yeah. Some of you old enough, like the young people are like, who? Some of you remember. I bought the museum, and I said, oh, God, this is so exciting. We're going to do so much. It was a big building like this. And the Lord said, what's this we thing? You didn't pray. You didn't ask me about it. You just presumed that, and oh my God, but fortunately he helped me to sell it. But I remember that sinking feeling like ice water in your veins. You're like, oh my God, I didn't pray. Yeah, This wasn't you. It was presumption. No, and I think this is helpful because I help a lot of business people just like you do navigate some things. And it was really interesting because one man came to me at one point who I had been coaching for over a year, and he said, you do Hollywood stuff. Why don't you buy... I'm not, why don't you buy? Why don't you take my studio and my nation that I've, I've created because uh, we can't sell it right now because our market, why don't you just do a bunch of Hollywood projects here and I'll fund you $20 million a year if you'll do it. Now it's in the nation furthest away from America and I'd have to sacrifice everything I'm doing and my quality of life with my family to do it. But I mean, it was like so much money and free. Yeah. Free.com is pretty good. So I went to um, I have another friend of mine who's a, another kind of guy like this, a big kind of billionaire guy. And I said, hey, Shuri and my, myself, we went to him and we said, hey, we have this situation and you're the person I could think of to ask advice for. I said, what do you think about this? Who starts laughing? He goes, that guy done bought that building and it's, he's trying to turn an act of his flesh and bring it into a, like a positive spin, spiritual purpose. But that thing wow, is not from yeah. God. And he goes, and I did that with a house one time. I, I built, before I really understood God, I built a $25 million house, and the market turned, and I couldn't even sell it for $4 million. And he goes, and I tried to do all the stuff with ministry in it and all, when I got saved and all this other stuff, and he goes, but, or when I really gave my life to God. And he goes, but the Lord spoke to me and said, I cannot take your work of flesh and redeem that. I can redeem your flesh, but not your work of flesh. You need to let wow. it go. Wow. And I'll restore what was lost, but you need to let it be a loss. And so I went back to the guy and I said, hey, tell me about the studio. And he goes, well, we bought it when, and he tells us this terrible story. And I'm like, yeah, we're out. 
You know, and I told him, like, yeah. this isn't our thing. And he goes, thanks. And then he had to sell it, and he lost money. Wow, but he learned something wow, from wow. it, which was really good. So when you're navigating with God and not just business principles of, like, this is a good deal. It's a lot of money. It's totally, I mean, we rejected $20 million, basically. Wow, good for you. I, th- I think the stakes go up, like, when you're teaching people. You know, there's a stricter judgment on people that teach. The, the scripture that comes to mind, though, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Lest you say in your heart, by my strength, I've yes. gotten this wealth. Yes. And, but you shall remember the Lord thy God gives you power to create wealth. But I think it's in Daniel when it's calling the king of Tyre uh, and the sin. It says that by your knowledge, you created this wealth. So from a human standpoint, we're like, hey, that guy's wealthy. That guy's wealthy. Yeah. God is like, one is good and one is not good. Oh, it's you so know? good. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so back to the positive stories, because those were really helpful. Please, yeah, yeah, positive. Back to the, those are positive, too, because of what yeah. the outcome. But Because um, you've, you've had these stories, and you've encouraged a lot of people yeah. because of these stories and because of who you are. And because you hear from God, there's, like, stories of where something that you chose brought... And this building would be part of it. I think when I th- you came I on the building, so. this is a part of I'll it. tell you the one that comes to mind... Uh, I was, uh, was making a lot of money. I was giving a lot of money to Africa because I'd never seen poverty like that. It was during the AIDS pandemic. And I remember giving a gift that was somewhat large and not thinking I should give it away. I don't know how to say it, but you know what I mean? I didn't want to keep this, the purse strings on it. And I prayed, and the Lord said, start a microloan business. And I thought, well, I've already given the money away. Now, like, how do I do that? Do I make more money or... And I called the guy up, and before I could say anything, he said, I'm so sorry, I didn't use the money to feed the poor like you told me to. Oh, wow. And I thought, like, he used it on himself or something. He goes, the Lord kept telling me, start a microloan company oh, with wow. this, and I wanted to wait and get back to you. And today, that, that loan company has helped literally tons and tons of people with microloans so in awesome. East Africa. So that was a great one. That's all. And that was kind of in the forefront of when that first started happening. It really was. Because yeah. no one really knew what microloans would do. No one, no one do. knew it That's back amazing. in the day, yeah. That's so awesome. And so for those of you who don't really understand microloans, I'll say this to you, especially for our podcast audience, is that when you give a microloan, like maybe to a widow or somebody, and they, you help them to start a business or a small enterprise, it could be like one of the microloans we gave when we first started was we helped the family buy goats for their goat milk. And then they use that goat milk. They bought more goats. They actually use the goats for meat. And so the $300 loan turned into, they need another one for $500 after they paid the $300 off. And now they're worth, like they're making thirty to 40000 a year. And they were from a village where there was a, a great, terrible famine. And I mean, the, the amount that the average family makes there is a dollar a day, and they're making 40, thirty or 40000 a year and employing their whole village. So it's not that much money in our minds, but it's like those microloans, when they, when they work in a kingdom exactly way, it actually right. brings a, a, about a lot of jobs for a lot of people. And it breaks the back of that handout feeling. Yeah, they, it's a completely different feeling when someone gets a loan versus a handout. But yeah, those little loans, ours were typically 100 to $200, which don't seem like much, but would transform generationally people's lives. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this because you ended up leaving a lot to come to, to Fort Mills. Yeah, I'm still thinking about that one. You know, I'm thinking, I'm holding <laughs> on to that scripture. Been? You know, a hundredfold, <laughs> leave father, mother, and sisters, and be in this life. I'm still claiming that. How many years has it been? It's been 11 years here at Morningstar. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah exactly. thank you. One person yes. real. No, see, see, they're from Morningstar. They yeah. realize it's like dog years. They're like seven to one, you know. Exactly. So I've been here like 80 
years. You and know? when you came on, this particular property is the Heritage property, which PTL started. Yes. And then Rick and the Home Morningstar Ministries and everyone, they had bought this, acquired right. it. Right. But they didn't really have everything in line yet to build it into what it needed to be. Right, exactly. And you came on as kind of the brains of the operation as far as how to executive direct this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this was, this this whole thing was destroyed. I mean, none of these rooms were habitable. When I came on, they had just kind of gotten a foothold, but lacking any of the hotel systems in the build. None of the rest of the stuff was built out. So I've been building, 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 redoing, uh, doing stuff, and now our eyes are on the tower. We just finished the Bob Jones Center, but it was, a, you know, it's a, it was a lot. You know what I mean? Because yeah. building with with the kingdom is different than just building. You know, get a bunch of money, build a hotel. There's a lot of spiritual warfare. There's a lot of people involved. So. Yeah, so primarily restoring this and working with the staff. We've got a great staff. I think we're about 140 staffers here now. Wow, We've got amazing. 200 people that live here in this, on this campus full-time, so oh that's exciting. So I feel like the mayor now. <laughs> the or mayor, mayor of, of the Main sh- Street. Is that Main Street over <laughs> yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, it's the mayor of Main Street. That's amazing. I can wear the hat like the well, guy tell of Monopoly. Me, tell us uh, uh, one of the kind of the breakthrough stories for this building and property since you've been here. Because a lot of... Ministries are movements. This is a movement. A lot yeah. of movements are blessed with great resources for great yeah. purposes, but we a lot of them see the finished product and we don't see the process. Yeah. And so tell us one of the breakthrough or process stories. Yeah, well, first of all, for sure, for sure, I mean, we keep getting that sense of restoration, you know, because this place was beautiful and vibrant and it died a terrible yeah. death. Yeah. And it was a shame in the body of Christ. Homeless people are broken in. And the process of restoration always reminds us here at Morningstar about people's lives. Many of us are in the process of restoration. He doesn't just wipe us out and create new Christians or people like my wife that were Christians since they were little. He restores us. And uh, I think one of the cooler stories, uh, when we were doing the cafe at the end, it was a big project, and we came, we were just ready to open it up, and the inspectors came in, and they said, you're missing a modern fire suppression system here that all the new places have. And I remember looking at the, the uh, job foreman, and you know the first question any New Yorker is going to ask, how much are we talking? He said, it's like 50 grand. Wow. I'm like 50, my heart just sank, 50,000 bucks for this thing. Wow. And I remember thinking, though, wait a minute, before this fear, doubt, unbelief settles in, let's just see what, God, you can do something. So I yeah. stopped right there. Yeah. I almost just got up and I said, God, you can do something. That night he has a dream. And he had a dream that PTL put the system in place just before they shut down, but they never wired it and activated. So he comes in the morning, and he called me up at like 6 a.m. He's like, I had a dream, and we found this thing. And I said, is it possible? He said, I don't know. I go, how, well, can you trace the wires? He goes, Dave, in these ceilings, there's wires from, you know, you can't do it. And I go, well, let's just pray. He finds a brand new like fire suppression oh computer. It was state-of-the-art for the time. Oh, my god! It was never used or turned on. It was like lacking a wire from me to Valier to make the thing work. And I asked him, I said, how much is it going to cost? He said, 200 bucks. Yeah. Yes! So, yay, God. Yeah. That is such an awesome yeah, that's story. Yeah, that's a cool story from a I dream. Just, that's the kind of thing that I feel like 
you know, we're sitting on a creative God who has creative resources, and he planned yeah. things from the beginning. Because he could have given us the money, or, I mean, he yeah. could have done it another way, or we could have worked for another year and toughed it out. But like you're showing people, there's this miraculous side to God that he wants to restore. Because don't we always kind of go to like, I'm going to, oh, I do anyway, I'm going to tough it out, Lord. Oh, totally. It's I'm part of me being a martyr, I'm going to just double down and, you know, just work all night long and yeah. try to make it happen. But he just wants to surprise us with stuff like that. Well, and I got, I got part of my business foundation from a New York Jew who was oh, messianic. There you go. And he told me, Sean, the thing I've had to learn, he was an Oppenheimer and a Dreiling. Wow. And so he was like one of the, you know, the elite of Jews, and his family disowned him and became messianic. So wow. he started over but produced a whole wealthy world, you know. And so he, he mentored me for a number of years, and I remember there was times I would hit walls, and he would say, Sean... What we learned in the Jewish tradition of where I was from in New York is that, because he was in that unsaved uh, population of Jews, and he, like the ones who didn't, weren't practicing even Messianic or or, or Judaism, uh, secular Jews, and he said, what we learned is to solve every problem with finances. And he goes, but when you become a Christian, you understand, or if you have Judaism in, your, in place, you, you don't solve problems with just throwing money at it. You solve problems yeah. with creativity and connection. So he goes, I'm wow. going to challenge you right now. I can help you out of this but you'll never learn. Mm. And he goes, and you might even go forward, but there's certain things you have to learn right now. And it was such a hard way to think of it because yeah. when we moved to LA, we had, you know, the first five years was during a recession, the writer's strike in Hollywood, all these yeah. things. And there was no way to solve the problems except for money unless we heard from God. Mm. And so there's those moments. So even people who are, you guys who are listening and people who are listening on the podcast later, there's something about if we don't have the prophetic and we're trying to go into industries and places and have a difference or make a difference, we're, when we hit those obstacles that are spiritual, we have to have spiritual resolution. You have to. You have to. Otherwise, the money will become idolatrous to you. Mm. It really will. It'll become the thing that you go to first. It'll become the thing that you hang your hat on, and God will have no other gods before him. That's so I mean, good. Is proffer, you know, prosperity, but, you know, uh, we, we can't. So I think that's it. And I think, he, I think we're just under a different constraint as kingdom business people. It's just a whole different uh, you know, thing that he wants us to show something to this world that the world can't get from you yeah. know, other institutions. Well, and if we want a different result, we have to have a different process. I always say that. It's like a lot of times... We say want, that again. That if we good. want a different result yeah. than what we've seen... We're going to be in a different process. If we want a right. God result, we have a God process. Yeah. So, like we, you know, we have people who are saying, you know, my friends came out to LA to be actors too, and it's working for them. But I came out here and working at Starbucks. But we have an example of one of our girls who worked at a coffee shop. Even though she came out to be an actress, she left her nursing job to be an actress because God told her. She worked at a coffee place, was doing acting classes, and going, God, really? Like I was making so much more money. I had a good life. Like why am I here? And she was complaining, and God said, Stop complaining. This is your church. This wow. is your place. Pour into these girls that you're working with. Wow. She becomes like their spiritual dorm mom. I mean, she mm. just like loves them all. One of the girls gets an A-list acting kind of career job, and they need one more actress to be in the film with her for some other role. She goes to the casting director, you know, I have this friend at the coffee place. She's like, oh, she'd be so goodness. good on set right now. And she's in her seventh movie now because wow. she was faithful in the coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, that's exciting. So you have those kinds of stories where it's like people who if you want a God process, like she needed to be in that coffee shop, not just to meet that girl, but to learn some things and connect to some things in God's heart. And I feel like sometimes we buy, try and bypass yeah. a spiritual process and we want a nor- normal process, but then we'll get a normal result. Because at the end of the day, does he really need our help? 
I mean, does you know? I mean, Not does he all. need our help to yeah. do this stuff? Does he need your help to build a church or to do whatever? No, he could have two sensational miracles happen, and all the wrong people would flood in. He could, you know, gift yeah. you with some money. You know what I mean? But he allows us to go through this process so that I mean, this is incredible. So that I can be changed. So He's good. concerned about you and me. He's concerned about our character and our lives. It's amazing. So, and, and speaking about that, I'm thinking about your family. Because you've taken some big risks through the years financially Ooh. and business. How has it affected your family? Or tell me a story about how God moved on behalf of your family through... Boy, that's a great one. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, my latest book, I, the dedication I did to my sons, I said, your childhood was one giant experiment. Please forgive me. <laughs> you know? I mean, I would, I would leave them in Africa. I thought they should grow up in Peru. I'd leave, I had a little factory. I'd let them work in the factory for a while. So I don't know. I mean, that, that they came out somewhat normal is just a miracle of God. But... Because I didn't know, you know. I mean, you don't, you don't have a... Ma- but you know what? I was thinking the other day. I did better than Joseph and Mary. Right? They left their kid for like three days and didn't even recognize it. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> they're they're, they're like going on the way. And I know what that conversation was like. For sure, for sure, Mary said, weren't you watching him? <laughs> oh, my god! Weren't you in charge of the Messiah? Totally. And Joseph's like, yeah, I was hanging out. He's around here somewhere. They had to go back for him. So three I'm like, days. at least I never lost a kid for three days. I've got to be doing better. That's, that should be the dedication. <laughs> yeah, I never <laughs> lost you for three days. No, that's so awesome. I, I think, I think um, you know, having more means and having influence and going around and taking the kids to Africa to see um, our slum school school, taking them to Peru to see our clothing factory. I think that was just such an incredible, rich part of our lives. But I remember sitting down with them and saying, listen, the school needs another wing, or we can build a swimming pool at our house. They're about the same money. You know, I'll go either way with you. And having them participate in those decisions were priceless. And they, you know, they would choose the school, you know, hey, we don't need a pool, dad, those kids need a you know, a better school, better than us. So, um, I mean, you know, if you look back, you can second guess, but, um, man, I think, I think that extraordinary journey, I mean, the, the way the Lord got me into it, the first thing I did, I was balking at it in faith because it was, it was a little building, but it was big for me. Yeah. But here's how the Lord always gets a New Yorker. He said, if you don't step out, you'll never know. It's that fear of missing uh, out that FOMO. gets us we call all FOMO the time. In this FOMO. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm never. So I went in, I jumped in it, and it's been that ride of faith ever since. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I so enjoy, I'm sure I didn't answer your question. No, it's perfect. It's I so enjoy hearing these things from you because I think, you know, we're we're seeing what I'm trying to do is curate a conversation where we're seeing how you're in all excellent at it, life, by the way. Well, boy, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you are too. Actually, we've done this together before in different ways, and you've interviewed me. But I've uh, seen in all the different spheres of life now, just I'm curious to see how God's speaking to people in these areas because I know there's people who are listening here. Isn't it nice to not just hear from a pastor for a minute, even though he is a pastor, but not to hear the pastoral hat and to hear like, how does this work in the business arena? Or like, what are the practical applications? Because the risking is the same. And a lot of times we think, you know, you can just solve your problems by making more money, but you can't. Yeah. You have to solve your problems by intimacy with or God or you connection. take God at his word and everything goes completely well because it doesn't. I remember, okay, God, I'll follow you. And then I ran out of money. And I'm like, God, how does that work? Yeah. 
You know, I think like if I were God and a guy was willing to do something, you'd give him all the money and help him out from there. But now here I am. Now, you know, not only do I, I've got less than I started with. And then just having to get on my face and pray through those things and, and become creative and, and change is an extraordinary part. Yeah. But you don't, you know, if you're not careful, you don't read that in people's stories. But there are times even when you're following the voice of God, he causes those things in place. It's amazing to think that he cares about us that much, that he can, it's like he's creating a college course personally designed for you. And it's going to last your entire life, and he's going to bring a cast of characters in and out as he wants because he's perfecting us. Yeah. It's amazing. Dick, who was at the KBA the first or second time from Texas. Yeah. Yes. And he looks at me and says he owns a... Dick a, Fessler. Fessler. Yeah. And he owns Homer um, College. Yeah, he owns Homer College, one of the, the, the most deploying colleges in the United States. Yeah. And also, he owns a plane restocking company for private jets and stuff. And so, Dick looked at a group of us. We're all talking to him. And, he, and someone asked him a question. Uh, and I think you were there. And someone asked... It was just a small group at a table. And someone said... Um, did, did you ever run out or did you ever like, like, has it always been this easy? Of course, it's never been, the, you know. Yeah. And he goes, you know, I, for the first part of my life, I did all kinds of things that made money, then I would lose it, made money, lose it. Then I gave my life to Jesus and everything was at a loss for a minute. And he goes, and then I realized everything that was self-made, God was going to take away so I could Woo! have kingdom and God made wow. resources. And now, you know, because wow. of that, he's created with God as opposed yeah. to whatever didn't work, you know, God couldn't redeem it or pull it over or whatever. It wow. was so cool. And I remember just thinking that, like, I never want to do something just because it's a good idea. Because I'm looking wow. at this man who's like a giant in the kingdom, and I'm going, I have to have that. And I, was in, I think I was 28 when, when wow, we had that conversation. Really? Yeah, you were a young guy. I remember that. I know. I'm you old still now. are a young guy. I'm very old now. It's terrible. You're, you're young and uh, <laughs> incredible stuff. We're all so blessed by your ministry. We're so excited. We have friends from around the world. And, of course, we take credit for some of it. You know, like there's, a, there's, a, there's like one-eighth Morningstar DNA in him. So oh, I agree. We try I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with thank me. You. Thanks it's for this conversation. Great. Just bless Thanks everybody. For Thanks for here. coming. I'm going to yeah. put this down here so awesome. you can have it. Right. Thank you. Love you, man. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're our team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.